This is Jean. This is Nicole. This is Rose. And this is Daniel. And this is a podcast to magically disappoint your anti-black parents. Hey. So caveat, um, and then we can do a check-in. But caveat, this episode is um, focused on Black Lives Matter and not a why uh, Philippinex folks should be in solidarity with Black Lives Matter, but rather how we can show up for Black folks um, and not in the sense of like Filipinos for Black folks because there are Filipinos who are Black. Um, And so if you are someone who... um, leans on an all lives matter philosophy um if you support the police state um, that you don't believe that all lives matter so queer black lives um Mm -hmm. trans intersex gender non-conforming black lives disabled black lives fat black lives sex working black lives undocumented black Mm -hmm. lives incarcerated black lives Mm -hmm. houseless black lives single parent black lives all black lives we encourage you to do some soul searching on your own um, or with a therapist to consult a critical race librarian to pay a black educator. Um, and we wish you the best and hope for a speedy recovery from willful ignorance. Thank you. Um, just to add, I just found out scholar.google.com is a way to get free journal articles. So mm-hmm. a little bit more. A step up on your Google search. Is JSTOR doing free stuff right now? Yes. Yes, they okay. are. There you go for all you nerds. Oh, and you could also go to Hathi Trust because a lot of universities are opening up their digital libraries so you can get digital books from colleges. Get that hard drive. Get that cloud getting to go in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Uh, I feel like the Facebook interactions are getting more intense by the day and um i've had to have like really thorough discussions with family members and i've had to cut off family members um which is like not surprise but still you know still sad about it but what can you do when you do try to have an educational moment and it just it's something's not clicking. So yeah, you can't shove, you can't shove something in a puzzle that it just doesn't fit for some reason. Um, to give context, uh, I actually cut off my aunt, uh, who literally like bashed me for, uh, you know, saying how much like I do not support the president. I am uncomfortable with this president. And they were just all over my feed talking about it. And I was not like happy about it. And then I just cut her off. So that happened. And then having to also educate one of my cousins who literally was asking me for sources about the Tulsa, Tulsa uh, massacre of 1921 and was arguing about sources for that saying oh if it's it's not if it's not in history books then how can you prove it how can you say there's like not i'm like there's a there's there's scholarly (laughs) evidence there's uh box.com for you know if you want to watch a whole documentary uh there's cnn's documentary there's also like you can literally type it in go on history.com and they will back that. Like, I'll, like, there's so many ways you can say, look it up, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like folks just don't want to, like, they just say that to make you do the work <laughs> and they're not doing any work. And they were like, oh my God, I'm not, like, this makes me want to cry. And I'm like, okay, good. Now, now you are reaffirmed in that source. Like, I don't know what it is with people uh, these days uh, that, you know, um, when they read something so atrocious that happened to a POC community, specifically the Black community, that, oh, it's so horrible. Like, is that really real? Like, it's a real thing. It's so simple that we're in a time that we can actually look up all this history. 
And it's amazing that we are able to have that privilege and ability to do that now. So use that, do what you got to do with that. You know, so speaking of, how about we have a discussion about Black history and Asians in collaboration with that? Who wants to um, take that? Well, before we hop on to that, I really want to know how everyone's doing because um, people don't really see who we are off the air. And like, um, this was a very intentional episode built by um, most of us who are educators and academics. Um, so I just want to know how Danielle and Nicole are doing. Or hop on into my facts. <laughs> you can go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been, so um, I've talked about going back on um, Instagram because um, that's one of the platforms and on the voices that I have. And like one of the voices that like many people have in this generation. Um, but I'm also starting to get like social media fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I'm starting to like pause more about like take, take a step back from like social media some more, but at the same time, it's like, that's where I get everything. That's where I see the news. That's where I see like what's happening. Um, so I'm just like starting to make, make some boundaries, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm all, I also feel very, um, I, I feel like I'm starting to become complacent again. And that makes me feel mm -hmm. very uncomfortable because, you know, like complacency is one of the steps to um, normalizing something. And I'm like, this is not something that we should like the, the violence towards like black community is something that we should not normalize because that's, that's not something that we should be complacent to. Um, and that's why we have, uh, we have so many people protesting. That's why we have so many people fighting mm -hmm. for, um, for this to be corrected um, within our society. But at the same time, um, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that this is negative, but like just the fatigue of like social media is exhausting. Um, I was reading something about resilience um, and like, I'm gonna misquote it. So I'm gonna go ahead and just like go on it. Um, mm -hmm. But like I was reading something, I believe it's from, um, an Instagram um, account, doc, what is it? Dr. Therapenai? Doctora Therapenai. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's about, um, it's about resilience. And I was just mm -hmm. like, that is so right. That, um, um, oh my gosh. What if Nicole, go ahead and <laughs> go while I'm like going back to the account. So um, I could. Was it something about like uh, decolonizing resilience? Yeah. And how like we've been so accustomed to, um, like to bounce back because that's what resilience is right. within our, um, within our like upbringing and like our system. But it's just like, mm, it's not about like bouncing back. It's that like you're finding ways to like make your cup overflow again so that you could continue. That's beautiful. And I'm like, beautiful. And yeah, true. that is, that is quite true. And it's like truly again, like self care, but also just a, a lot of people keep saying, Make sure that you um, find something to fill your cup, but then when you fill your cup, sometimes it gets empty again. So make that mm. make that cup overflow instead. Yeah, you know, um, I, I maybe I mentioned this before. Uh, Sonia Renee Taylor, who y'all should be following, is the um, the author of um, uh, "The Body Is Not a po an Apology." Um, some good black feminist uh, sex positive um, stuff. Uh, she said at UNL, she came to UNLV and she said, um, I'm, I'm not giving from my cup unless it's overflowing. Oh, the whole room was like, you're so right. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I guess checking in, I am very itchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure my burns have, um, have a, I'm, I'm just pretty sure I'm having some kind of allergic reaction and it's really hard for me not to scratch at everything. Ah, but um, otherwise, in that, um, other than that, like it's um, been really interesting <laughs> to find myself um, interacting again with uh, queer fandom 
and oh. and how like that relationship has kind of shifted because of um like the the racist shit that and the <laughs> the blatant anti-blackness and um mm-hmm. now that folks are um like more open to <laughs> like or are open to the idea of dismantling white supremacy, but um, it's very interesting to watch specifically white folks um, like struggle <laughs> with, uh, with their place in white supremacy um, mm. and in being complicit in anti-blackness, which like we all are. Uh, right. And so, um, that's why we're having this conversation <laughs> right mm-hmm. thank you everyone um definitely some things are heavy and some and i'm still i'm really glad all of you showed up today um so just on my end for a check-in um i you know i'm learning how to be a fan of airplane mode and coming in and out with a full cup um but i am having a lot of conversations offline with people who feel safe enough to tell me that uh having logged on one long-term, right, through the pandemic, through this, um, that they're wanting to self-harm at this point, right? They're mm-hmm. very, there's apocalyptic thinking. And so I have a lot of hope um, what we're achieving here um, today together in conversation. Um, so I, I thank you for the opportunity to dish out a little bit on history. Nicole gave me that as they built this uh, wonderful outline. and. Um, I, I want to read something that they wrote that there's a rich history of black and Asian co- cross-cultural solidarity that should not be the reason why we do anti-racist work. However, our solidarity is not transactional. Here's some historical context since this information is rarely taught at the K through 12 level. So we're thinking about our whole years of not learning. And so I was able to find Kirby Aralio. He's a co-founder of the Bulasan Center and he's been able to make videos um, detailing things we did not learn in our K through 12 and some of the things that were listed on the Coles end was um, Black American soldiers taking sides with Philippine nationals during the Philippine American War. Um, and I'll put more detail to that. Um, understanding Yellow Peril supports Black power. Um, Yuri Koshiyama's uh, uh, coalition building with Malcolm X. Um, Grace Lee Boggs, the Delano Grape Strike. Um, those are um, available in a way that is digestible through media um, with Kirby O'Rallio's uh, channel on YouTube. Um, he's an academic at UC Davis, um, I think finishing up at in Harvard. Anywho, so- um, Shout out Wilson Center. Right, let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh no, no. I'm, what, is, what is her name? Um, 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 Dr. Robin Rodriguez? Yes! Yes! Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, we love tea. you. What? Not tea. I have um, information. For those okay. who are um, interested in becoming an intern for the Bulosan Center, the internship for the, um, for the summer term is now open. Whoa. Um, hey. so, and I'm like an intern at B- the Bulosan Center right now. And I've been Nerd. looking through, thank you. Um, I've been looking through like, like, many archives about like Filipino history. My, uh, my topics were on Philippine American war. And like, I just learned about like Captain, um, Captain Fagan. Yes. Captain and Fagan. I was just like, who the heck is this person? Mm-hmm. And like to have, like to have that knowledge or to like, to be, um, to be exposed to that. I was just like, Oh, like the, right. it just, it's making now like our, it's like our responsibility as people of color to support right. other people of color. Right. Um, definitely to expand on that. So, um, Captain, so I broke it down in things that we don't really know, right? And so um, I broke down kind of our ethnic um, ties to the Black community, coalition, coalition building that we had with the Black community, and really historical empathy that has happened in terms of situations. So going back to uh, Captain Fagan, um, during the Philippine-American War, um, Black soldiers were able to connect that lynching is what was happening to um, Filipinos in their liberation. And so they, um, they defected and were considered traitors, but um, they stood in solidarity with us 
um, and we're able to tap into the, the same methods that were being used in violence against us. So yes, going back to Daniel's point, um, if, we, if we know that, would we have a different response today if we had that kind of access to information K through 12? Um, another thing too, um, ethnically, um, there are 30 tribes uh, made up of 50,000 Filipinos um, and they're called Negritos. I, today I was learning on the Truth and Travel channel um, about the Ayetas who we used to have land bridges made of ice and there was a Pan-African migration. And so we have folks in the Philippines who are black folks. And so um, they, they, when they interview them, they appreciated black media because in the Philippines, they are not seen um, in our media there. So, um, you know, again, across that tie um, and um, Nicole could probably even, uh, expand on that about like media work is so important right um, across countries and so I, all these resources I will um, be able to share and then we're also part of school segregation so we were awarded scholarships during um, that time as well and we were seen as little brown brothers which again there's only really histories about cis men right in these in these things that I'm even able to share um, and so they too were lumped in the segregation and were not able to um, benefit off, you know, other parts of education during that time. So, but in this, in these Google searches and whatnot, I realized we are missing parts to our history, you know, um, how it's gendered, how there's queer folks. Um, and so even when you Google, there are limitations because who's doing the thankless work of writing about our people and researching about our people. So, um, that's, um, if we don't know this, we continue to operate on bias, which we're seeing in the BLM um, time in 2020. So that's the update on your <laughs> With that little bow. Yeah. Well, I also want to say, uh, like, that, like, let's question why we don't learn this history um, in public school, because there would most certainly be... Um, a revolution that would happen if like we were taught this um i think like, like leaving it out is is pretty much how white supremacy functions to like um divide folks of color mm -hmm. um because there is this history <laughs> of right. um of folks doing things together um and yeah it's um you know if you're fortunate and enough to take a couple college courses in Las Vegas, I highly suggest that you take some um, by our favorites, Bruja Baddie favorites, uh, <laughs> Dr. Tessa Winkleman, Dr. Consencio Arnaldo, and Dr. Mark Pudupat. Hey, come um, up. Who's also on Hulu right now. Um, <laughs> Can I insert? add one more thing? Yeah. Um, so I really was like, okay, you know, thinking about from my lens, right, like from women. And so I looked at black women and Filipino women, and there was only one, like, there's no one really doing that work. And so the only thing to take it home to us in Nevada is that we make up, um, I believe, 89.2% had a higher death risk in breast cancer. Like, we don't mm -hmm. even know that. Yeah. We didn't have that shared issue in our state, taking it home. And that's not even common knowledge that that's happening to us. And if we were coalition building, we'd be able to, but no, anti-blackness exists in our community. So we are in the dark dying, right? It's that racial wedge, y'all. Uh, it's messed up. Um, and you, you say Fagan and I, um, Think of Kamisha. <laughs> I do think of Kamisha. I don't know if Kamisha listens or if Kamisha <laughs> cares. So we're thinking of you. Um, I'll think of you with real action and I'll, I'll text you. Anyway, um, so yeah, this racial wedge, which is very popular. <laughs> um, we have a lot of, I guess, like in-house cleaning to do. <laughs> because colorism and our history of um, using blackface, mm -hmm. um, like not just like American culture depicting Filipinos in blackface, but right. also um, how Filipinos do in turn use blackface. Um, and I'm thinking of, I'm really straying off of the, 
outline here. Sorry. Um, but I'm thinking about like sketch comedy shows and like um, right. comic books that like use a lot of blackface mm-hmm. to um, illustrate indigenous folks. And, and that is part of the anti-blackness that we um, were raised in. And that is just so um, prevalent in our community, um, in our families. Um, and so it, how do we disrupt it? Um, it, it does seem very overwhelming, not only to just like deal with white supremacy um, and white society, but also to think about like, um, like the people in your home. And Mm -hmm. although it's like overwhelming, it's like a very sliver of what black folks have to deal with just by their existence. Right. Um, And so I have three favorite, um, Instagram accounts. Uh, we, we mentioned Dr. Therapinai, um, and they've, uh, got a really good, uh, post on white fragility and performative activism. Um, and there are f- five ways for Philippinex folks to be better allies and accomplices in social justice movements. Um, maybe we could like cross post these. Yes. Um, and, uh, Pinai collection, um, that's based out of um, Toronto, also have a really good post on six questions that Philippinex should reflect on when engaging in anti-Black racism work. Is it like, we have to be specific with anti-racism and mm-hmm. um, be specific about when we're talking about Black folks and not just folks of color, because like those cannot be interchangeable because of um, how we function and... Um, like there are, there are these like, like we have privilege um, in, although we are folks of color, we still have privilege um, mm-hmm. because of that uh, proximity to whiteness. Um, and then my new favorite, Decolonial Bulaklak, um, who's based out of New York, um, who I was tuned into them through our other friend, Des. Um, Decolonial Bulaklak, posted tangible tasks that non-Black people can do right now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these three posts are, like, very simple and helpful ways that we can um, be in solidarity with right. Black folks. Um, so I, I also want to remind folks that, um, like, your safety is something uh, to keep in mind so like I like yeah it's cool to like push back at your not just cool but it is like a humanizing experience to like push back against our um elders and or even like just our like cousins and stuff about um the anti-blackness that they participate in that we're all um (laughs) complicit in but I also do want to (laughs) remind folks that like to, to like also check your, your safety. Like, I know that sometimes it's, um, like folks live with mm-hmm. partners or parents who will like take physical action right. when confronted verbally. So I would also, um, invite folks to, um, uh, to be aware of that stuff as well. Okay. Right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. So one, um, going back to like what Nicole said too, like we do have a lot of like in-house, um, in-house stuff. Um, and part of it has to do not just with like how we as like people are like raised up, but also like how we as, a uh, a, a, a heritage, um, have been colonized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I was talking to Dr. Uh, Constancia Arnaldo, shout out. Um, and he used the term, and I can't can't remember like what exactly what it was, but it's like some, collect either collective or social amnesia, where like we have yeah, we yeah. have like yeah somehow forgotten whether it's like willingly or unwillingly forgotten that like we are part of this struggle, um, and yeah. um, it kind of like ties back to 
um, another like Instagram post. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce uh, the the handle, but it's like at Ogre Chukwu. Um, they are a a UX um, what is it called um, a UX designer and researcher in the wellness space. And one of the things that they have posted is that um, that um, anti blackness is uh, colonial trauma. Mm-hmm. So this is like truly something that is very systemic and it's something that like if we're going to try to overturn a system we have to have I guess you would say like an alternative system to overturn it mm-hmm. um one one of the ways that um like what I found so beautiful is that like um there's like different ways of like supporting um like uh this anti-blackness movement the uh, BLM movement too like one of the ways definitely that's very easy for some um um is to open up them pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, money, uh, it's, it sucks that like, that, that our society works around money, but like mm-hmm. also our society, um, we can overturn <laughs> a system through money. Um, one of the things that like you could do, our listeners could do, um, you know, maybe after you educate yourself is to, again, like open up your pockets and maybe support um, various uh, businesses that are black owned, um, various funds for people who are, are like arrested in protests. And also like even um, to, what is it called? Um, like support the, fa- the families that are affected by, um, by like police brutality too. Um, so like here in our outline, we have like Las, Las Vegas Freedom Fund. So that's very like, um, that's very relevant to us here in Las Vegas because we do have, we have had some um, mm-hmm. protesters who have been um, incarcerated because they participated in protests and donating to that could help build them out. Um, okay. We have a lot of black owned um, businesses here um, in Las Vegas too. Um, there's like a lot of restaurants um that are black owned and they are hurting and we should also um, help them out there's um, another one called black mama's bailout uh nicole do you have any information about that one um it's the like similar to the freedom fund but it, mm-hmm. a national network of um, um bailing out black moms cool bailing out black moms well, um black, black mama's bailout black right. mama's oh, okay um we are going to um, create a resource for y'all so that yeah. you have like all of these links. Um, mm-hmm. I have attached uh, a link on our document too. Um, and it's a website that has like a very comprehensive um, list of like things that you could do. So um, <clears throat> you could sign petitions, you could text or call, um, you know, like representatives and like uh, the po- like the police offices. You can donate to um, many different places. Um, vote. A lot of like our states now are in like the primaries. Please vote. Um, more resources for education. Uh, resources for protesters and like a lot of different stuff. Um, and this doc, uh, this website that um, we will share with with y'all is like a living document. So it keeps mm-hmm. updating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's what's important because again, like this conversation isn't just like a one-time thing. It's an right. ongoing thing. If you want to overturn something that has been ongoing. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk about what was going through my head also is that, you know, a lot what that's happening with protests, I feel like some people are having like the shock factor in when they witness protests, um, even like, you know, calling to attention, like, you know, like issues with the riots or like, you know, um, it's a lot of like, not to say performative necessarily, but I feel like a lot of people are too focused on like the, the shocking media factor of like, look at all these people gathering and then, like, mm-hmm. you know, like all because of da, 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 but it's like, be mindful when, you know, you hear protesters say, say, say their name and like being receptive to like, you know, not like, like above the noise, you know, like within the voices, like you need to like take those names and then really like, you know, look it up, you know? And I feel that, 
as we look through these, it'll help us, you know, be better about how this movement is being uh, conveyed on national television, if that helps in some way. Um, because uh, I, it's great that, you know, as long as we're being able to, uh, you know, look up these names, we're also able to look up organizations and, you know, change.orgs that are attached to these names in order to, you know, better support uh, Black folk, especially those who are victims of police brutality. Um, so, um, moving on uh, from that point, you know, we're talking about like colorism and um, if Nicole wants to expand about why AAV is not for us. And AAVE. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, so if you don't know, that's uh, referred to as African American vernacular English. Um, like, I know it's really hard to not um, use it and that I for sure slip into using it um, because black folks make all the cool shit right mm -hmm. like they like blackness is very much like the root of what is cool if you look at tiktok fashion right. music everything that mm -hmm. is cool comes from black folks um and so to it's very much like like it is culturally appropriative for non-black folks to use um like black colloquialisms right. um and so i like i understand it is very hard um, and i know that for some folks um to like say well i, I grew up around black folks so right. whatever but i'm like you know what um tokenism and and as i guess as like a, another a favorite black proverb of, proverb of mine is it is above me now and so that is between you and your maker and i like I won't, um, <clears throat> like, I'm not going to tell, or I guess, so we should stay in our fucking lanes. Yeah. Pretty much, is, is it right? Like, like, not appropriate Black culture, not use digital Blackface, so that's like, you know, folks love to um, respond to things by using gifs or memes but like if you're using like all black bodies in that like that's fucked up and um you should reassess that um and like calling out your cousins and your family who like use the n-word um Like it's because all cool shit comes from black folks, like they okay. never reap the benefits of that. Um, like they are never um, thought of as like the originators of things um, and things only become like validated and cool if like someone else does it. So like I'm thinking about cornrows and and right. box braids and like the kardashians yeah and so <laughs> when it's actual black folks doing their own thing that they are um the way that they're treated is like very different than if like someone non-black especially if someone white did it right um and, and we see this in filipino communities right like in terms of like sneaker culture and and whatnot to um that kind of appropriate that and so yeah if you know the people on this team too are in process of unlearning um of of that uh particular habit we've developed in uh in our different communities uh, each of us come from i mean we have rosie grew up in vegas i grew up in guam and it was a huge thing um right like so um, like you can love black folks and love black culture without mm -hmm. like um dehumanizing them Right. Um, right. And, and I feel, and like, I get like, you know, having these conversations with your like family members can be very jarring and scary because of like these fragile, like, you know, because of these relationships. But 
it's also to call on the fact that, you know, we're letting these toxic circles continue. So if you truly like, you know, like to be down with the movement, you got to be like one of the ones that interjects and breaks the cycle. Um, and I had to have those com hard conversations with my cousin a couple of weeks back uh, in discussion about like these protests in which my cousin called them animals. Mm. Say, like saying, calling like, I don't get why they have to act like animals. I have a bunch of black friends and they are not with this. And I'm like, look, like cousin, like, but your handful of black friends, do they encompass the realities as well as, you know, the experiences of all black folk? And this is coming from you. And then um, it turned into like this, uh, this nerve that I hit. And I had, I like, part of me was like afraid because like I'm staying at their house while I'm in California. And this was the first night that I like came in and it was about to be a yelling match, but like not necessarily with me, but with my cousin and my niece, uh, they were both in a match with each other and I acting as moderator. Um, but be very careful as you approach this and make sure to, um, in some ways, um, be aware the navigation of how these discussions can blow up and be ready for, you know, the, like every type of outcome, whether that is being cut off, you cutting off, or like in the best case, a learning moment, you know, which is what, you know, the goal is, is not only a learning moment, but a call to, you know, allyship, um, which does anyone else want to hop back in for like any of their experiences with the discussions uh, with family members? Um, I mean, like, so my parents are, very conservative and religious. They're um, elderly. And I don't want to believe that like all older folks are just fucking anti like anti-black right. because like you do see folks who are not like, it's right. very rare that you do, but you do see um, folks um, who, who don't like fit into like boomer stereotypes. Right. Um, fair. But I, and I, and I said these to, I said this to these, these white queers. <laughs> um, I said, like, what, so, like, what are you doing? Like, what, are, what do you hope to gain from, like, engaging with family members who don't want to change? Like, there's only so much that you can do. Um, like, I know I'm not gonna change my parents or anything like that, um, but there are more tangible ways um, and there are better ways for my energy to like make a better impact. Um, and so like, I would also like encourage folks that like not to not check their family because like checking your family is like, is really coming from a place of love um, and compassion, and, like, it might not sound like love and compassion in the moment, but, like, um, checking someone on, like, anti-blackness, and anything, like, white supremacist that they're doing, because, like, you know, homophobia, um, xenophobia, and, like, um, trans misogyny, like, these are all, and, um, ableism, like, these are all born out of white supremacy, right? So, um, to, like, check them on it is, like, saying, hey, I love you, please stop being a trash person, you know, it's, um, and there's no, like, <clears throat> there's, there's no, like, coddling, there's not enough coddling in the world that could be done to convince folks to, like want to change like they they have to want that for themselves like right so um like in the beginning with this caveat like I didn't want this conversation to be like this is why we should love black people like I'm I'm not gonna do that for you I'm not gonna um but mm -hmm. I will like figuratively 
And I mean, if I'm pushed to, I might check you in the chin <laughs> when, when like we're in conversation with each other. Um, and so I think what I'm trying to say is that like, there is no like respectable way to do anti-racist right. work. Like it's, it's just not a thing. Um, I mean, you can for sure, like, um, be aware of like where you are, um, and h- how much of yourself you can, um, put into the movement and to coalition building, but like, um, like really reassess, like, what is it that you want to do by like, um, like engaging with people who, you know, don't want to change. Um, right. Yeah. Can I add, um, so one of, uh, a good friend of mine, her name's Jack Antonio Pons, was just like knowing your role in the movement, you know, not, you know, especially for those who might be vulnerable population, you might not be able to protest and whatnot. So um, I, I really have to take a self-assessment and understanding knowing my role in um, and understanding how I can be supportive and whatnot. So for example, one of um, a black creator in our comics community was like, I wanna do a BLM, BLM comic, right? And I was like, as somebody who's always in leadership, I was just kind of like, okay, finally, like I could, I'm stepping back so he can, you know, take lead. I can tell you, I got some messages in the DMs who of course wore for him, but already in, were operating on their own bias that they were like, he's not gonna finish it. His work is not as polished. Like they already, they weren't giving him the shot that, uh, you know, it was almost like, I don't know how to say this, like, it was almost layered in the way that they saw BLM, right? By saying mm. like, like it's only consolidated into uh, like police violence. Well, we were, like BLM is also about like making sure they, they thrive in all areas, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, even though there's conversations like, you gotta fix this gene, you gotta, you gotta hold his hand. I was like, no, like I'm here when he calls upon me, right? Like I, like, but, it, it was like, they were so busy trying to make a polished product. They were not seeing that this was somebody's lead, leadership, like um, not, not leadership attempt, you know? And so, and I was just like, why don't you think he, he's not gonna make it? They're like, I don't know if he knows how to work email. I don't know if he knows he has public transportation. Like already we're seeing what's stacked against him privilege wise versus me who owns like a company and has all these contacts and stuff. But yeah, so I will take, if it takes six, seven months, a year to build this BLM comic, as long as it's his name forward, fucking fine, you know? Um, but I don't think people have that kind of patience for a movement, you know? So. Um, well, I, I also, that also makes me question, like, if people are saying, I don't know if he's going to get his shit together. Like, well, why don't you help him get his shit together? Exactly. If, especially right. as someone who is, like, privileged, like, like do some fucking work. Like, right. Because so that's what it's right? right? As a woman of color, they're circumventing, oh, well, that model minority gene might get it. You know what I mean? So it's like, wait a mm. minute, you're mixing us in. Gene's going to make it um, PC <laughs> for everyone to enjoy because, oh. <laughs> right. So it's loud just, and angry when a black person does it. That's just my experience too. And I will say about the allocation of energy, um, and I, I know my co-host can relate, is like, I know I, I wake up now, old Jean was like, oh, I can save everyone. I wake up now, like, I will preserve this energy to hold space for people. And just by, just for me, like, I'll hold space for relatives, you know, if they're, you know, willing. If not, if I'm not, if the assessment is like, Ooh, uh, you know, I'll step back. Um, you know, I had one creator, white creator, really almost have a stroke in trying to be very inclusive. And I was just like, look, I'm willing to hold space for you because you're making an effort. But like, <laughs> he also thanked me for like, I'm sorry you had to therapize me on this Thursday. And I was like, I was willing to hold space for you, but this is not for everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, all right, tell all your white friends to come to me. Like I wasn't like that, but you know, I, I, it's a give and take for my own. So I don't self harm, you know, just saying. <sighs> I know real heavy. Um, hopping on back onto this outline. Um, let's talk about abolition. Um, (laughs) okay, so, um, and I'm going to jump around a bit, um, but if y'all follow, um, uh, Dream Defenders, um, 
they put it, they did a webinar over the weekend called Sunday School with the great Dr. Angela Davis. Um, and y'all should really check that out. Um, I know that folks um, are very, um, get antsy about like, oh, but we, we need the police, but why? Um, so <laughs> um, I think, like if you are someone who believes who believes in the abolition, and then we'll also have like some links to some books, um, and some podcasts and stuff. Like, I I think that the maybe like the easiest way to talk to other folks about it is like to ask them like very simply like what do the police do? Like, and I, I saw um, I had a professor who did this, um, Dr. Renita Ray, um, also at UNLV, <laughs> um, would ask. Uh, it was in a modern social theory course. Um, I was like, what, what do the police do? What do they do? And just to hear the answer um, and then to talk about, well, is that, you know, is what is crime? How are they preventing crime? Who gets to decide what crime is? Like mm-hmm. what bodies are, do, are mo- most criminal? Like mm-hmm. when you really... Um, if you can have a conversation about criminality and jail and like the prison industrial complex and like modern slavery, if you can have a conversation about that, then it, I, I feel like it's a little more um, like, it doesn't seem as highbrow of a theory and like an abolition has been around since the inception of the police. So um like these are not new theories and I would really also invite folks to like do some Googling and to really do their diligence. Um, because like defunding the police versus like dismantling the police are two very different things. Um, and, and like black lives matters movement is pretty much, in response to police brutality. Um, and so like it, it is, what am I trying to say? Like, it does seem very heavy to talk about abolition because it's not something that we're taught, taught really. Right. Um, and that abolition is mostly just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's something that they did in the United States um, about slavery. But like, is that, has slavery been, abolished like do we just have modern versions of slavery also read the new jim crow i think um rose had that also Um, and uh if you really want to get into the prison industrial complex as well as talk about mass incarceration uh on netflix there's a really good documentary called the 13th um it explains it very well for our listeners who want to digest it visually historically uh through that medium i get it you know um and for our uh you know book nerds you know for people who really want academic sources aka my cousins uh right here new jim crow it is good michelle alexander so uh with that in mind um also if like if the academic jargon is is um like discouraging like also look for podcasts that talk about the book um because like that is hard (laughs) yeah or even like like the authors themselves have Mm -hmm. some videos on youtube too where they talk about their own books yeah ted talks Mm -hmm. and as you're going through these i want to urge the listeners like you know if this is something that you are just digesting, you're delving into, you feel overwhelmed, you know, and you are feeling some type of way. Well, like, and some of those feelings I've been noticing is just, um, it's just like this uh, outpour of frustration and, you know, grasping these concepts. And it's like, we're all in a learning moment. And I feel that's okay, too, to admit that you were, you know, wrong (laughs) or that you like you know your perception about a community and about you know blackness is a tunnel vision that you were stuck in for this whole time and being thrusted into that 
you know, like, t like take it as it is and, you know, um, go through the mediums that, you know, will be helpful to you. Um, because I know talking about police, you know, like abolishing police, defending the police, like these all seem so far-fetched. Mm. Um, but there was this quote that I read on Instagram about how we feel like we're still stuck in history, but when a revolution happens, we're thrusted into the future, you know? And in these moments, like, that's what a movement is all about, thrusting ourselves into the unforeseeable in order to create something better and evolutionize ourselves beyond what we know is not working for specifically people of color, black folk, you know? Um, that's, that's just, you know. Um, I want to just add on to that point, you know, so we're seeing a lot, I'm, I, I think as an artist, right, we're seeing all these really great posts that are swipeable in brand, um, and they're happening on Insta stories, and I'm so thankful that I, we have that at our fingertips, and I also think, like, yeah, it can be overwhelming, so, like, maybe when you do get these lists or these journal articles, like, learn how to allocate it during a day. Like, okay, I'm going to spend time with the new Jim Crow law. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get through all this anti-race work through a day. You know, it's well, a... Well, yeah, <laughs> we're going to be doing anti-racist work and we're for, like, the rest of our lives. So, right. I mean, like, if that's... <laughs> um, unless you want to be a foot soldier of the patriarchy, um, you're going to be doing it for, like, the rest of your life. Yeah. Not just through 2020. The rest, yeah. And I think it's okay to, like acknowledge and I feel like this is what we talked about in our classes back at UNLV you know and if you ever have the ability to that you know we're setting up the legacy for knowing that we won't be able to see that this come into fruition but just that the hope that our legacies are doing what they're doing for those who were in the movement before us you know so just know that we are we are starting like we it is the beginning of these seeds and we that's how we do these interventions and that's why we need to talk about anti-blackness in our communities um i know that this um outline is really lengthy so don't think that this is the last of us um i do want to touch upon legal observing if um, oh. uh, <laughs> um, well, so um, they, it's like a double-edged sword, <laughs> um, but um, I think one way for folks to show up to protests, I mean, it's very touch and go because of how the police are responding to legal observers and arresting them. Um, I mean, if that's something that you're comfortable with, then I would suggest looking into legal observing. Um, I'll have to ask my partner, um, but there's like, um, depending on your city, there, there could be chapters that are de dedicated to doing this um, and they're like super organized. Um, that's one, like if you, if you are uncomfortable with like showing up as a protester, that's, that's one thing you could do. I think also like um, another thing is like, we're, we are still in a pandemic. And so folks out there, um, may need masks if you're someone who knows how to make a mask and you've got resources um, help them out like maybe like some some care kits with like hand sanitizer like if you if you can home make some san hand sanitizer I think that's a good way to show up for protesters um, like we said earlier like to um, to open up your pitaka <laughs> um, um, and to pay black folks um what else oh um, speaking of which too um yeah. in that resource that we're going to share with you um you can if if you don't have the funds you can also just watch videos that donates like all of the ad revenue from um mm -hmm. from those videos that donates to um the cause Thank you. So you can still donate by just watching videos. Um, while we're on resources, Daniel, will you read off the list of podcasts we've had on the outline and some IGs to follow? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Podcasts for, for y'all to listen in on. Um, intersectionality with Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, Code Switch. Friends Like Us. Hood Rat to Head Rap. Cheers and Queers. Is it Itobanta Tambien? Yeah, so they're like uh, um, Afro-Latinx uh, um, 
um, Star Wars nerds. So like the, and that's the other thing, right? Is that like, if you're into something like, uh, okay, I'm sorry to stray, uh, but so in this moment, we're seeing a lot of different industries um, and about how like, they're just getting called out left and right for anti-black right. shit that they've been doing. So like, um, you know, you've got Bando's uh, CEO stepping down because of the racist shit that was happening in their offices. Um, bon Appetit. Bon Appetit. Um, BuzzFeed. Do- like, Dolls Kill. Dolls Kill. Like, it's every fucking industry. So it's not, like, Black Lives Matter is not just relegated to, like, police brutality. It's, like, it's fucking everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, what are you into? Where are, where are the Black folks in, in the scene that you're in? Um, like, look for them if you're if you're if you have institutional power like um like leverage your power in a way to um to disrupt um, white supremacy in your office right Um, i was i was reading something too like another post that said um you know if you're like doing um if you're like uh what is called applying to like jobs and you ask for like the diversity um like ask for those numbers yeah because um, if they're just like oh yeah we're a very diverse thing and there's only like three people of color they're not diverse right mm-hmm. or like how all these companies are coming out with fucking statements that are like we stand by but it's like oh do you what does your fucking executive board look like right so um but yeah itubanta tembia is kayla marie um or maria hisela um, I love them. <laughs> Do we have any more podcasts on here? Oh yeah. I mean, um, and like, honestly, pop- like, like if folks could just like also do some fucking Googling, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> but uh, it's true though. Like, and I feel like if you start listening to these podcasts, you'd start like seeing like that network of like mm-hmm. other podcasts that talk about like the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one on our list is Strong Black Lead. Yeah, so that's Tracy Clayton's of um, Another Round that was on Buzz- BuzzFeed. So oh. like- um, Oh my God, are know, you serious? Yes. And so, you know, like uh, Tracy Clayton and he and Heaven, like follow them on Twitter. And like, basically, <laughs> I, like I don't know how else to like, is it, like, do y'all not have- not you, not Jean, <laughs> Daniel, and Rose, but like, I was and, like what? and like I and I observed this in in queer fandom culture. It's like, do y'all have black friends? Like, how, like you're looking for all these like resources, but it's like, I like I don't know how to like. It's it's just very awkward. Like, okay, so like you're in fandom and you are into cosplay. So like, where are the black cosplayers at? Right? Mm. Where like and. It, like it's more than just loving Janelle Monet. Like, like you have to like. I'm very frustrated right now. I'm very sorry. Right. Um, no, but it's like so. So you find so you're in a cosplay, and then you say, okay, so where where are the black cosplayers at? Like, right? And then you find them, and then you you see who they follow, and then it's like here is your network of like. It's not just um, like consuming black content, but it's like shoot. My partner was just telling me that like. Yes, it's great that we are educating ourselves uh-huh. about anti-racist work, mm. but that is like um, a me project. That's an us project, right? Yes, like that's right. the very beginning. So um, once we do that, <laughs> and it's not even like once we're finished doing that, it's like how at the same time are we showing up for Black folks? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add to that with um, Black cosplay. There, um, there's a Black cosplayer I follow named Midnight Persona who is also filming a lot of like her mental health and processing even the prejudices that exist in TikTok um, that don't advocate for, for violence that's happening and harassment. But so um, look locally too. Yeah. As well. Um, we also have some Instagrams on here uh, mm-hmm. for you all to follow. We have Erica Hart. Yes, 100% yes. <laughs> follow Erica Hart. <laughs> follow Erica Hart. Rachel, I do not want to go ahead and butcher this. Cargill. Cargley? Cargley. I am Car- so sorry. Um, Sonia Renee Taylor. 
Ashley Seaford, Valerie Complex, Maria Gisela, Latinx Geeks, Isake. Isake, so yeah, these are all, like, the black nerds. These are all the black nerds I met through, like, fandom, like, yeah, fuck fandom, like, fuck (laughs) queer fandom, because it's racist, but then, like, at the same time, you meet all these cool people. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have Tracy Clayton, uh, as well as uh, the Asian American Feminist Collective, also known as AAFC. We have uh, the Dr. Thur Panay that we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in this episode. And we also have the Panay Collection. And this is not to go ahead and just be like, here's a group of, like, you know, go. And it's like, no, there, there's obviously more right. as you explore and the resources that they share. So be sure to follow what they're giving you. Um, and also looking at this, uh, really quick, uh, talking about, you know, and we've already touched on this, like, in terms of, like, consumption of the news, um, Mm -hmm. even, like, Jean talking about earlier about being on airplane mode and, like, you know, just being able to take a step back, reassess, don't do, like, don't go ahead and give everything in your cup, you know, until it's overfilled for you to go ahead and do the work of pouring in more knowledge right yeah um thank you for that rose yeah just um how this consumption of the news is taking it shows up in your body it really does um chest pains uh no sleep uh just a lot of things uh so be mindful of that when your body is activated slash uh triggered preferred more preferred term I would like is activated because it 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 happens it and it happens differently for everyone so mm-hmm. be mindful um watching you know a lot of that violence you know it is good to be cognizant but um you know you're you're changing physiological um yeah there's like a desensitizing that mm-hmm. happens right or um I tragedy porn too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so be mindful where your <laughs> your heads at in that. Um, any last words? Uh, um, as many episodes of uh, po- uh, our podcast, it's a ongoing series, never really in order. But uh, <laughs> we love to continue conversations. Any last words um, for now? Uh. For me, I do want to bring attention to our own community here in Las Vegas um, for the event that happened back in September 2019 for Byron Williams, um, who is a victim of police brutality, whose words echo that of George Floyd in that he said in his last moments, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Um, To hold accountable our LVMPD here, for their police brutality, because it is a thing that happens here in Vegas. Um, and I feel that like we need to start, uh, you know, re-abrupting things within our community as well, you know, that have happened for black folk. Um, also, I hope that, you know, a lot of uh, queer black folk are not being lost in this and that we are continuing to advocate for them as well as all black lives um, in uh, our struggles to highlight this. Thank you, Rose. Um, Daniel and Nicole? Um, For me, if, you know, if you're getting fatigued by social media um, and if you're having a hard time processing, um, you know, the news and everything, but you respond to literature, um, I suggest you read um, some Baldwin Mm. and some Morrison Mm. to understand black experience and what um like what they have gone through even though this is just an an imaginative um medium but it's truly um rooted in reality um and if you want to move on to like nonfiction, get into some coats ta-nehisi coats get into some um audrey lord and more baldwin um Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. Read, read, I want to, yeah, I want to echo that because um, I remember that the um, SDSJ at UNLV put out a a post about bl- uh, banned books by Black authors, mm. and they named um, Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, 
um, Alice Walker, Langston Hughes, mm. um, Zora Neale Hurston, and Baldwin, um, New Jim Crow by uh, Michelle Alexander, um, Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe, um, Buck, a memoir by M.K. Asante, mm-hmm. um, and Alexander Dumas, who wrote um, Count Monte, Monte Cristo. Cristo. Yeah. Um, oh. There's been a really interesting thread of like uh, Beethoven is Black happening on Twitter right now. <laughs> um, I was dying okay. laughing at that last yeah. night. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but yeah, I guess um, I want to remind folks to uh, be kind to each other, um, be mm. kind to yourselves, and Black Lives Matter. Thank you, Nicole. Um, I just want to add, um, having done a little bit of research for this, um, there are missing histories and mysteries out there about um, all of us folks, especially our linkage. Um, so if, if now, if we're now we're making uh, or a part of history, please journal, uh, please keep us text, you know, content create, there are different modalities of learning. Um, and reading and whatnot, um, and you are part of that narrative. So please journal your activism and your thought process is really important right now. Um, so I'm thankful for my co-hosts in trying to construct um, what is a very important topic and being intentional about how we are um, in solidarity, um, in love, and everything else under the sun. So Black Lives Matter. Um, and signing off, this is Jean. This, this is Nicole. This is Rogues. And this is Daniel. And this and is a podcast to magically disappoint and piss off your anti-Black parents and relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the movement, y'all.